Today is, uh, is Vision Sunday, and you probably noticed as you were sitting down and walking in, getting all kinds of pieces of paper and booklets and things like that. Um, if you're visiting, I'm sorry for barraging you with stuff, but um, I'm going to be kind of walking through some of those things that, um, that you were given today. And um, I look forward to this every year. Um, as we, as we kind of like launch into this uh, season, really, it's kind of the beginning of like a sermon series over the next few weeks as we head into Easter, um, talking about vision. And um, the reason I look forward to this every year is because it's an opportunity for us to just pause and to look back at what God has been doing, as well as look forward to what he has in front of us. And um, I... Honestly, as, as we look ahead like at, at the things that God is doing, it's an opportunity for me as, um, as your pastor to, um, to make the vision plain and to not just have it caught but taught. And so today's a little bit different than, um, than, normal, than a normal Sunday. So um, normally I just kind of get rooted into a scripture and we work out of that. But we're going to actually walk through some things that I just feel like are in the heart of God for this community for, for a now word for today for, for our church. Um, I'm about to head into my seventh year as uh, as senior pastor here. And um, yeah, it's, it's been crazy. Um, it's, it's gone quickly and, and I feel like I've aged a lot. Um, I'm a lot older. I've got more gray on the side of my head. Um, yeah. But I, I want us today, especially, just to pause and to recognize the absolute unique favor of God that is on this place. Um, I, I, I am absolutely, most weeks I am stunned, um, even brought to tears of the reality of, of what, what I get to even just be a part of here um, that we call New Life Church. And um, we continue to grow, but I don't mean like just butts and seats um, or finances, which all of those things are growing, but we continue to grow in what we value. Um, I was going through our core values, and I'm like, I, I love the fact that we continue to grow to be a church-like family, that we continue to grow to make space for God to fill, that we continue to grow and allow the Word of God to mine the gold out of people, and we continue to grow and reach those who don't know Jesus. And um, may those continually define us and, and drive us forward in the mission that God has for us. Many weeks I sit back in, in just awe of, um, that I get to lead a church that I love. And um, God's doing a great work here. Um, I, I want to celebrate that today. And we, we, one of the things that quite honestly has been a thing that's been communicated to really to most of our team as new people come and find a home here, is that um, we have consistently been a safe place where people can encounter the work of the Holy Spirit in their life. And uh, may we continually be a safe place uh, where, where people can encounter the work of God, um, the Holy Spirit at work in and through them, no matter what past they may have, no matter where they came from, uh, whether that's outside of church or inside of church, may we be a safe place where people can encounter not just people, but I pray they don't just encounter you and I, but I pray that they encounter the presence of Jesus. Amen? Amen. So um, 
Let's just take a moment and celebrate. I don't know, I, I didn't have these on every single seat, but there's, you can get one on your way out today. It's, this is our, kind of our annual report. It's in, kind of an infograph. And um, if, in case you don't like paper, which I don't either, um, we've got it always available on our, on our website. You can go to nlc.today, go to our giving page and scroll down to the giving, bottom of the giving page and you'll see the annual report. It's it's there 24-7 all the time, so you can always take a look at it. But um, I just want to take a moment and celebrate a few of the things um, here. Um, so the first, you can go ahead and throw the first, uh, the first portion of it up there. Um, one of the things that I, that I, I love, we, I track a lot of things every week. Um, and they're usually measured in numbers. It just so happens that like things get tracked and compiled and then numbers and averages and all kinds of stuff. I want you to know, I don't track numbers because um, numbers are really important to me. Um, I track numbers because numbers uh, make up people and individuals and families and people are important to God and uh, making a difference for the kingdom of God is important to him and good stewardship of people Good stewardship of finances are important to God, and they should be important to us. And so, firstly, I just want to—I just want to um, realize and, and have us just pause and realize that, like, God is expanding our family. I mean, every week um, we have new people coming in and finding a home here at New Life, and even. Um, you may look to people around you and realize, like, even you come in here um, on a Sunday, and maybe you've been coming for a long time, and you're like, man, there's people, I, I don't even know who these people are that are sitting behind me or sitting in front of me. Um, over the course of, from 2021 to 2022, we, we grew by 10%, and here's the cool thing, from just this first quarter of 2023, we're averaging 12% higher than we were last year. Um, it's crazy. Isn't that awesome? So God's just continually like pouring in and um, entrusting us with, with more and more um, individuals and marriages and families. And it's just, it's an exciting thing. Uh, we had 15 people get baptized uh, this past year. We just had eight people get baptized just a few weeks ago. So 23 people just getting baptized. Um, 240 of you are serving on teams or volunteering in some way, contributing to make this place what I feel is the, uh, the best local church around. Amen? Just give, your, give yourself a, a round of applause. 390 people are in, involved in a life group, Bible study, discipleship class, something like that. Um, the thing that I love about that is that, that God is growing us not just as church attenders, but as in family members, people that are part of the body of Christ with gifts and talents and passions and all of those, all of those amazing things. So let's, can we just celebrate that for a second? <clears throat> so, so in all of that, like God is continually like entrusting us with more and more people. God is just um, growing our family. And uh, go, go on to the next, the next slide. This is kind of um, our finances, which I think <coughs> are equally as important for us. Um, First of all, you all are, and I say this, I feel like I say this every, you guys are weird. You are incredibly, oddly, like generous above and beyond what you could hope or imagine. And as your, as your pastor, like, I, I just want you to know, like, I am, I am continually 
astounded and blessed. I can't tell you how many weeks I'm talking to my wife and I'm like, you wouldn't even imagine what, what people are, are giving and how generous our church is. Um, 2021, this was two years ago, I, I, well, a year and a half ago, I guess at this point, um, you contributed more than had ever been given to New Life Church in the recorded past. That was 2021. 2022, you gave even more. Um, God is continually um, just blessing this church financially through, through you guys just being obedient givers. Amen? Can we just take a, take a moment and just celebrate that? Um, <coughs> and I say this because as a pastor, um, for years, I used to always think like, um, I remember before the pandemic, some of my staff members would be like, you know, we should just stop passing the plate. I was like, as an old school like pastor, I'm like, y'all, you don't even know what you're talking about. Like, you can't stop passing the plate. That's like, you, you got to give people an opportunity to give. Um, you got to pass the plate. I mean, old school, like Pentecostal churches, man, they pass the plate, they go count it back up, and then they bring it back and pass it again if they needed more, right? They need to pay the light bill. You know, you just keep passing the plate till the money comes. And so what I love about this, and here, and it is from, like, honestly, if you're going to hear anything from my pastor's heart, like, I absolutely love that we don't even pass the plate here. Um, and the past two years, you've given more, you've set a record 2021, continually broke that record and set a new record in 2022, and on par to, to even break the record for 2023. What I love about that is that none of you give out of compulsion. There's nobody that's just like, Pastor Tom's like, like turning the screws on you up here, you know? He's not like, hey, we're going to just keep passing the plate to y'all give, you know, come on. Like, all we, you just come, stand, walk up here, and we're going to check and make sure that you put money. Like, there's none of that. I love the fact that for every single one of us, like, we don't give out of manipulation or emotionalism or pressure or hype. There is just a, a, an obedience to the Word of God as cheerful givers, and I love, I love you for that. Can I just say that? That like as a pastor, like there's none of that for me. There's no like, well, I, I don't know. We should probably do something. I should do, I need to teach more on giving because they're not, like you guys just give obediently and cheerfully. I thank you so much for just, just being obedient to the word of God. And I am, I am absolutely astounded at your generosity. Y'all are weird. And as a church, as a church, um, and our outreach giving, we, we designate 10% of, of every dollar that comes in and we set it aside for a local and, and global outreach um, budget. It's got, a, it's got its own budget that we kind of, we just set aside. Um, and some of you designate uh, over and above that to give to, to outreach and missions. As a church, um, last year alone, almost $300,000 went through our hands and was dedicated to local and global outreach. Can we just take a moment for that? Come on. Like, to Biddeford, to beyond, to all the things that we've, been, that we've been involved in, as well as just pouring into the nations. Like, God has just continually, like, blessed us as givers to be able to not just 
to, to not just take and to store up for this house, but to be able to bless others. Church planning efforts all across the world. Um, out of that, $300,000, $55,000 was given specifically above and beyond to Ukrainian refugee relief. That you guys just were like, we have a heart to be able to help refugees in Ukraine. Y'all gave 50, over $55,000 to be able to like help buy food multiple um, diesel generators to keep people warm when, when all of the, the power grid was taken out and they don't have the ability to be able to stay warm in, in the cold Ukrainian winters. And so I just thank you for your over and above giving in, in, in this past year. It's absolutely astounded me. Thank you so much for trusting us with your hard-earned finances. I do not take it uh, at all lightly. Uh, may we continue to steward them well. I pray that we would steward people well, that we would steward finances well. You all are an amazing church to pastor. Amen? I just want to thank you guys so much for everything that you do. I am blessed, blessed, blessed beyond. So, all right. So that's our, that's our annual report. You can, you can grab that or look at it online, whatever you want to do. But um, I want to look ahead now. I want to look, actually look around us to see what, what it is that God is up to. Um, every year, I, I, I spend some time, in fact, I got away in January just to, just to pray um, for just kind of a personal retreat and just asking the Lord like, for a word for this year for our church. And sometimes it's a word, sometimes it's, um, it's a phrase. And, and then I'll look for confirmation for it. Um, I'll ask different, you know, leaders in our church. I'll start listening to things that they're saying and praying. Um, I'll ask prophets and prophetic voices in our church what they're hearing for, um, for our church body. And there is this word or phrase that has been um, echoing over the past couple of months in my spirit. And it is th these two words, on mission, on mission. And it's it's kind of come in like these, these other words of confirmation that I've gotten from people, which is uh, words like be on point, run the race, finish well, live on mission. And I just, I do believe that it is a prophetic word for us. Um, much, much of like other words that I've received over just over the past few years, but um, more than a word for us, there is like this sense of urgency in me, like, um, like this anticipation of this intentionality and a strategy, a participation that God has for us as a church to come alongside um, this theme of, of living life on mission. It's like this, I have this sense like time, time is short, make the most of it. Um, don't, don't be distracted. Wake up. Don't allow yourself to, to fall asleep to the lullaby of this world. Be about your father's business. And I think that it's a word not just for us. I believe it's a word for our church. I believe it's a word even for the American church right now that like God is preparing us. And I believe specifically for New Life Church, he is preparing us for a season where we cannot afford to be asleep at the wheel. God is preparing us where we will be given a seat of influence. And I'll say that again. God is preparing us where we will be given a seat of influence. And if we see it, if we are watchmen on the wall, living on mission, we will be able to walk into it and see God do only what he could do. 
only what he could do. And so I've been praying into this. I've been praying into this, praying into this, and asking God. In fact, like I even, I even pushed this, this, this day off almost a month because I'm like, I, I want to get a little bit more of what it is that God is, is wanting for our church. Um, and so what does it mean to live life on mission? What, is, what do these two words, on mission, mean? What does that mean for us individually? What does that mean for us corporately? And there has been something that the Lord just keeps bringing up to me that I have um, I've been unable to shake. And I brought it up, I don't know, um, I, I think maybe in December, like early December, I was preaching through the book of 1 Corinthians. And that's when it, when, when it first started for me. Um, I, was, I was preaching about... Um, I brought up this, this, this whole idea of this Barna research poll, maybe you remember it, um, that, that came out a few years ago. And the poll was essentially tabulating um, and ranking the least Christian cities in America. I don't know if you remember me talking about this a few months ago. Not been able to shake this. And um, I don't know if you remember, but like which city was found to be the most post-Christian city in America, go ahead and, and show it up there. Number one is Portland, Maine. Um, out of, all, of the, all the cities in America that, were, um, that they did this study on, Portland, Maine, and essentially, I mean, this is Portland-Auburn, so it's, I mean, it's kind of the greater, greater Portland area, is known as, was at that time as the number one most post-Christian cities in, in America. Um, what that means is this. This is sobering for us to realize, but I believe that there's hope in, in the midst of it, so hear me out. What that means is this, that the church has become irrelevant to those on the outside looking in. The church has become irrelevant to those on the outside looking in. That's what it means when we, that simply, if we're talking about like a post-Christian city in America, there's, the, the, the church really doesn't, that doesn't matter to those that are not Christians. Um, most people that are driving by our, our church right now on this busy street um, are, feel absolutely indifferent to us. Um, the, most people that are, that are driving by are not thinking, man, oh, wow, I missed the 8.30 service, but maybe I could get here for the 10.15. Like, there, there's, there's no, like, hey, curiosity, or like, I want to I wanna get into this. Um, the majority of them are not tempted to drop by on a Sunday. They may not even notice if our doors were closed for good. Um, and there was a time where the church was relevant. There was a time where the church was relevant, where we were not seen as a voting block or a secluded club or uh, some sort of a fringe cult, <laughs> um, where the body of Christ led the way in things like rescuing children from abortion through adoption and through foster care. Like, there was a day where the church was relevant. In, in fact, it wasn't that long ago that the first hospitals and orphanages and schools were started and managed by Christian churches. And in most of these cases, we've abdicated our God-ordained responsibility to creatively and strategically care for those that God cares for. I'm going to say it again because I really want that to sink in. 
in most of these cases, we have abdicated our God-ordained responsibility to creatively and strategically care for those God cares for. And this, this is like the, um, what I just feel like the Lord has been speaking to me about is that, um, and I think this is the crux for us to reconcile this, is that the church is operating like we're living in a culture that we no longer live in. And what I mean by that is we're missionaries. You're like, well, I, I didn't sign up for that. I, I understand that. <laughs> I realize I'm not asking you to go sell all your stuff and move to Zimbabwe. I'm just telling you, like, actually in your backyard, in the neighborhood where God has placed you, you are a missionary. So when we talk about like living on mission, this isn't like a, well, that's kind of a cool idea. This is survival um, for the next generation. And it will require us to come to the realization that we are missionaries. And I pray that, that God allows that to breathe life into you of just like focus, that missions is not something that we just give money to overseas. Like um, living on mission is the way forward, especially in New England. I'll, you look at all those dots. Look at where all those are. They're way too close to us, I'll tell you that. <laughs> so if we fail to understand that we do not live in a culture that we think that we live in anymore and think that if we just do church as usual, that things will just right themselves. We're failing to act and think like the missionaries that we actually are in the culture that we live in. And so I've been asking the Lord, like, what does it look like for a church to start thinking and acting like missionaries um, that, we, that we actually are? What does it look like? Well, first of all, it means that, that we can no longer um, simply be a building that that we gather in on a Sunday um, and think, well, that, that was church. In fact, that was actually never the, the thought process in, in, in the mind of Christ as he, as he died on the cross, thinking, I hope that they build big buildings so they can go to church once a week to honor me. Let me read for you 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5. He says, you also... You, that would be you. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And may I remind you that you, you, not this place, you are the church. You are the living stones that are, that are being built up into a spiritual house. Like you carry the Holy Spirit, the very presence of God everywhere you go, which means wherever you are, there the, there the Spirit of God is. And that God has placed you in the neighborhood that you're in, with the job that you have, with the business that you own, with the influence that you have, with the financial blessing that you've obtained to live your life on mission. Because you're a missionary. <laughs> I did that to sink down India because I think, I think that that is probably one of the greatest hurdles for us to realize is that we're called to live life on mission. So how do we focus on that? What does that look like? God has given me a burden, um, and you're going to 
you're going to hear it over the course of this year. Um, and I want, and part of the reason of the things that I'm that I've even passed out to you um, is in the heart of God for for this church. Ephesians chapter four verse twelve says this. Their responsibility, now right before that, he's just talking about apostles, prophets, teachers, pastors, all of the different, like the fivefold gifts, ministry gifts. He says, their responsibility, so my responsibility, is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. It is my responsibility not to do the work of ministry. It is my responsibility to help equip you to do the work of ministry. What God, has, what God has called you to do. It is my responsibility to build you up. It's my, my responsibility to equip you as, as living stones in God's house that the gates of hell shall not prevail against. Amen? So moving forward, um, that means that we, we are at our best when you are equipped, when you are released into ministry as a missionary, living on mission wherever God places you, and that means that, like, it's not here. It's out there. Wherever you are with the people that you're with, you are to live on mission. And one of the most important things that I'm going to be focusing on this year, and um, part of even what I'm handing out today is this, that I am encouraging you to get into God's Word. Amen. Get into God's Word. Church, it is the Word of God that has the power to mine the gold out of people. And you cannot receive it unless you're in it. And I want to I remind you, and I know we know this, but I, I think it's so important, especially in this day and age, that the Bible is not just ink on paper. It is an invitation into the kingdom of God. And if we, if we continue to look at this as though it were a book that we're just supposed to study, we will forget that the very word of God is living. It is active. It is sharper than a double-edged sword. It is able to divide bone and marrow, soul, uh, a soul and spirit, that it is not simply a book. It is an invitation into an encounter with the author. And as we encounter the author, we get to know him more. I want you, my, my prayer for this year is that every single one of you would fall more in love with the author of this book, that you would be getting into the Word of God, falling in love with the Word of God, because church, there is a famine, there is a famine of the Word of God in our day, and this is not just outside of the church where people just don't know Bible stories anymore. They don't know about David and Goliath. No, I'm saying inside of the church, inside of the walls of the church, there is a famine of the Word of God. And this is the danger. This is the danger. Um, and it's led to all kinds of problems in the body of Christ. There's been a whole bunch of things that have just been, you know, churches falling, pastors falling, things like that that have been going on, dysfunction in the body of Christ. And the Lord has just been speaking to me about something. It's this, that when the people of God don't know the word of God or the will of God, they will look to the man of God to be God for them. I'm going to say that again so you can maybe wrestle with it. When the people of God do not know the word of God or the will of God, they will look to the man of God to be God for them. And when we put people on pedestals, they're bound to fall. And so I want to encourage you, 
as Christians, as Christ followers, as people living on mission to be getting into the word of God, to know the word of God, to know the will of God. Because if we don't do that, what will happen is that we create a, a church culture. And this is, this is my fear. We create a church culture that is a culture of like applause rather than application. And so at the end of a church service, we feel this something going on. We feel that the Holy Spirit is wanting to do something and move something in us. And we think that the response is to clap rather than to obey. I want to be a church that, that isn't so much about the applause of whatever happened on a stage, but that we would walk in obedience to the word and the will of God, no matter what, even if it hurts, even if it messes, if it moves, moves our cheese, that, that we would be a people that, that obey God's word and move forward in it and apply it rather than applaud it. So, so what I mean is this, that like, in a day where you can listen to far better preaching than me on, on Spotify, right, or YouTube, listening to good preaching does not equate to you getting into the Word of God for yourself. And I mean that in love. I mean that actually in probably the most love I could, I could, I could muster up as your pastor, that listening to good preaching does not equate to you getting into the Word of God for yourself. You have got to get into the word, know it, know his will, fall in love with the author. God wants to do greater things in and through you. Get into his word. Amen? 1 John chapter 2, verse 5 says this, But if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did a church on mission is full of missionaries who love God's word. And one of the things that, that, that has bothered me, honestly, as a pastor, and like I said, I'm going into my seventh year of this thing, like, is that I'll, I'll talk to people and they'll be like, man, you know, even just going through 1 Corinthians, Pastor Justin, like, I, that, was, that was a great message, but I, like, I would have never gotten that out of, out of reading that, like, I would, have never, I would have never seen what you saw as I, you know, at what you preached on this, this past week. And it causes me to think about what I do every week. And here's the reality. Um, I'm, I'm not really smart. Um, in fact, I went to Bible college, but um, I'm amazed at how ill-equipped I was at, I, I was at Bible college. <laughs> like, you know, there are so many things that I'm like, man, they should have taught me a whole lot of more things that, uh, that I, they just kind of left out. Um, and here's the truth. Here's, here's the key that I do every week. I read a portion of Scripture, and then I read it again. And then I read it again. And then I pray, ask God to reveal something that I didn't see before, and I read it again. And then, you know what I do next? You're not even going to guess it. I read it again. And, it, and, it, and there's some weeks where I'm like, Jesus, I got nothing. You think, you think like, oh, by like Monday, I got it all set. No, man, there are some times on Saturday, I'm like, I literally have nothing. I have nothing. So you know what I do? I read. You got, you're seeing, there is a little bit of a pattern here, isn't there? Just keep reading it, but not just for the sake of reading it, but for the, like, Jesus, I need you to speak something to me through it. Like, 
I want you to reveal your heart to me through this. I want to know you deeper through your word. That that was quite honestly, I, I literally do this every week. And sure, like I get into commentaries and I'll read other things and stuff like that. But I first allow God's spirit to impart his word to me through his Holy Spirit. So, so what if we approach the Bible not as a task, but as spiritual food? That it truly is. And so I, I literally, I wrote this, this, this devotional for you guys. Now, when, you, when I say I wrote, I wrote this devotional, um, I compiled it. I put it together for you. Um, and it really isn't a devotional that you've done before. So if, if you're like, this doesn't really look like most of my devotionals, it's because um, it's, it really is a non-devotional devotional. It's a non-devotional, right? It's more of an invitation. It's a compiled invitation of Scripture, an invitation to connect with God through His Word. And it's loosely based on, um, on an ancient practice, they call it Lectio Divina, that I've, I've done for years of, of just reading God's Word, essentially the way that I, I read God's Word every single week, where you read it not for the sake of covering ground, but you read it for the sake of allowing it to till the soil of your heart. And so I just want to encourage you. Um, actually, I challenge you over the next 21 days. That's what it is. It's 21 days. That's all I had, 21. Um, to, to just say, you know what? I'm going to take 20 minutes a day and just sit and just allow God to speak to me through his word. And it literally is the exact same thing. You literally read the same scripture four times. There's no magic to it. There's no like, oh, wow. Oh, that's something I've never heard of. Like, just Keep reading, and each time you read, you are allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to you through his word, because I believe, church, that his voice is not hard to hear. I believe that God wants to speak to you if you're listening. I believe that one of the primary ways that God speaks to us is through the word, and there's a reason why there's a famine, a strategy of a famine of the word of God inside the church and outside of the church is because there is something about this word that is active, that is living, that is sharper than a double-edged sword. I encourage you, I challenge you to say, you know what, I'm going to spend these next 21 days to allow God to speak to me through it. Um, John chapter 10 verse 27 says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. Because once you know the voice of your shepherd, no one is able to snatch you away from him. Which brings me to my second point of what it means to live on mission, which is this. Don't neglect the secret space. Don't neglect the secret space. Um, I titled it Linger. I actually went through five different titles. <laughs> of, um, at one point, I was going to call it unhurried, and then I just landed on this one simple word, which is linger. A good, wise friend of me of mine um, gave me some really good advice a few years ago. And he essentially said, like, the best part of what God wants to do always happens when you linger, when you stick around unhurried, when you wait, 
when you listen, when you watch, when you, when you linger. Sometimes the best ministry happens after the church service is over and you're praying in a corner or you're talking to a friend and God starts moving in and through you. The very first time that the Holy Spirit fell on the disciples, it was in the upper room when they were just lingering. And I believe that God continues to show himself the same way when we choose to do the same. And so I just want to encourage you, part of what this is, is just an opportunity, a structured way for you to linger in the word of God and allow the shepherd's voice to ring in your ear, to write down what God's speaking to you. And and if you've never just done this before, this is a great opportunity for you to just say, you know what, I'll I've never actually even gotten into the Word of God because it feels like it's so overwhelming. I encourage you to just get into the Word of God. Use this to do it. Um, I challenge you over the next 21 days to use to take 20 minutes a day and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Allow Him to change you from the inside out. Um, and, and, and an opportunity to remind you um, to be living on mission. I've been, I've been wearing mine for the, for the past week or so, and um, I challenge you to wear it for the next 21 days. At least, some of you guys, I, I gave out one last year, you wore it till it rotted off your body, which is disgusting and heroic. But, um, but essentially, you, you may be looking at yours, and you're like, Pastor Justin, I'm pretty sure mine's written in tongues, and I don't have the interpretation. Um, It's just a way that I love of memorizing Scripture and keeping it before you. Um, It's like you need a decoder ring to know it, but once you know it, you know it. Um, So let me read it for you, and you've got yours maybe in front of you, but it says, So then, be careful how you walk, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. Ephesians 5, 15 through 16. I want to encourage you to just wear this bracelet over the next 21 days. And as you look down, as you memorize this scripture, realizing that like, I want to walk in wisdom. I want to live my life on mission. I want to make the most of my time. I am not allowing the day to steal my time with the Lord. Because why? Because the days are evil. How many of you guys have evil days where you're like, I had the best of intentions (laughs) today and I did none of it, right? Because I just got going, and as soon as I got going, the kids were up. My husband was doing this. Well, all, all that you just kind of get moving, you get moving, you get moving, and you forget to be living on mission. And instead, you allow the day to dictate everything that you need to do for that day. So be careful how you walk. Be wise. Make the most of your time. Don't allow the day to steal your time. So I encourage you to do that just to keep you focused as you, as you go about this and commit to saying, like, I'm going to do this over the next 21 days. Um, and, I, and I love the verse that's right before this verse, Ephesians 5, verse 14. This is what it says. It says, this is why it is said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. May we make the most of our time, wake up, look alert, be awake, not allow ourselves to fall asleep and be lulled by the lullaby of this world. Live life on mission. And when you do that, 
the Holy Spirit, I'm just warning you, some of the things that you're going to fill the pages of this book with is that you will be moved with compassion. Um, that's just how God works. He continually speaks to his people and he moves us with compassion. Jesus was moved with compassion. Uh, he was moved, I mean, you can read it. I preached about this. Like he, every, every single time, it's, he goes to heal someone, to, to pray over people, to deliver someone. Like he, he says that Jesus was moved with compassion. Last week, we read in John chapter 21, where Jesus was essentially, he said to, to Peter, like, if you love me, then you will care for those that I care for. Like when the Spirit of God speaks to you through the Word of God, then the compassion of God will move you towards the will of God. When we start to hear the, the shepherd's voice, just know that he always leads us to love him. And the way we love him is by loving those that he cares for. It is the compassion of God that leads you to action. And I would go so far to say that if, if you say that you have compassion without action, it's simply good intentions. And good intentions never change the world. Ever. Good intentions are what you end your day with having done nothing, right? But, but compassion will always lead you to action. So I want us, as we move forward in this year, to watch what God is doing around us and choose to join him in it. And you will find over the next 21 days, if you choose, so choose to take up my challenge, you will find that the heart of God, the voice of your shepherd, will begin to challenge you in acts of compassion to those around you. And you will begin to notice the things that God is, that break the heart of God in your life and those around you and be drawn to action to do something about it. Um, and the last point that I want us to, to kind of hold on to together is this, that we're called to be a family on mission together. Uh, Matthew chapter 9, verse 36 says, when Jesus saw the crowds... He had compassion on them. Why? Because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. I believe that that is a word for us even today, that that extends far beyond the, the, the day, the crowd, the people that Jesus spoke that to and realized that like the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And one of the odd things that, about the church is that um, it's one of the few organizations that exists for those that are not here yet. Do you realize that? Like, we exist for those that aren't here. <laughs> we exist for our neighbors, our coworkers, our family members, our friends, um, people that aren't yet in the kingdom. We are, we are brought into the kingdom not just so that we can sit fat and happy, but that so that we can move out and to draw in those that, that, are, that are far from Jesus. And um, in fact, when a church decides to only exist for its members, it becomes ingrown and will die its own death. That's just the truth. And many of you have watched it even happen. Like you are called, we are called to go as a family on mission. The last words that Jesus spoke in Mark chapter 16, verse 15, he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. 
Matthew 28, verse 19, he said, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The gospel is meant to not just change your life, it's meant to change the world. And I believe that as we look forward, that as a, as a church family on mission, we will be expanding our footprint. And this is what I want to leave you with today. When I say that I believe that we'll be expanding our footprint, I believe we'll be expanding our footprint both globally and locally. Um, one of the things, let's talk about globally real quick. Um, I see our church going once again and actively reaching the nations. Amen? If this is your church home, this is what I would say to get prepared. You're like, okay, well, what does that have to do with me? If this is your church home, I want to challenge you to get your passport. Make sure it's up to date. You're like, oh, I don't even have a passport. You should have a passport um, so that you can respond to the go when God calls and says go. Um, so get your passport. Be prepared. Um, we have an outreach trip already scheduled to go to the Dominican Republic October 21st through the 28th um, with our new partners, Dominican Advance. And um, they, they've been, uh, my wife and I were able to go in this past October to really just see what God was was communicating for a partnership there. Um, they have planted schools to in these impoverished towns in Sasua, Dominican Republic, and have these Christ-centered schools of educational programs and just amazing work that they're doing in these communities to raise up um, world changers in, in, in the Dominican Republic. All kinds of opportunity, a floodgate of opportunity for us to be able to, to go and to be a part of the work of God that God's doing in the Dominican Republic. And so I just want to encourage you, uh, right back on your way out here today, there's a table. We can wave. Naomi, can you say hi? Yeah, that Naomi's in the back. She's got uh, postcards, uh, informational postcards, as well as um, applications. So you can, you can see her, pick up a postcard if you're interested um, in being a part of, of this trip. And uh, I, it has dates and costs and all kinds of ministry details and things like that that you can pick up the application. Um, that's just one of what we're, what we're even planning here moving forward of, of upcoming trips where, where we're going to be going to the nations. Um, also, I believe that God's calling us to expand our footprint locally. And uh, what do I mean by that? I don't mean that we're planning another campus. Uh, please, I know that's like the new hot thing in churches. We just need more campuses. Um, what Jesus, sorry. <laughs> Jesus um, got up in the temple and he opened a scroll and he prophesied what he came to accomplish. And let me remind you what he spoke. His little boy Jesus, when he was in the temple, he opened up in Luke chapter four, verse 18. He said this, the spirit of the Lord is on me. Because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and a recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And I want to remind us, as we look at going, as we look at outreach, both locally and globally, you do not have to go very far from home to find the poor, those that need freedom from addiction, those who are blind spiritually or physically, those who are oppressed, those who need to, um, to hear the good news of God's favor. Amen? So I see us expanding our footprint locally here in Biddeford. Um, one, of my, one, of my, one of my prayers that I've been praying 
that is that I have just been I've just been speaking it over over Biddeford in my prayer time is this that 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 your kingdom come your will be done in Biddeford as it is in heaven and because here's the reality you're like what well, I don't live in Biddeford well you should still care about it <laughs> Because that's where God has placed this local church. I believe that Biddeford should be better because of us. And that's not, that's not actually like a, that's not an egotistical thing. I just believe that the church should actually be a lighthouse in the place where it's, where it's planted. I believe that Biddeford should be thriving because of the local churches in, in the city. Amen? And so as I look, at, I look to our city and as I look to just praying for our city, we have been given extreme favor. I've read you time and time again of just handwritten notes from, from our mayor of how much he values our church in this city. And I want to say this. I believe that God is moving us. When I say expanding our footprint, moving us from this place of event-driven presence to just being present in our city. We, we take part in things like Forbidiford and Winterfest and things like that. And those things are great, but they are like just drops in the pan. We're literally, just, we're going, we're going, and then we come back. We go, and then we come back. I believe that God is going to be moving us. And I believe that it could be even this year where there will be a presence in our city of New Life Church of a hope center where we're going to be literally meeting the needs. I believe that the church should be relevant, that, the, that we shouldn't be an irrelevant entity in the city, but that we're actually meeting and helping fulfill and meet and be a solution to the ills of society in the city where we're placed. Amen? Where, where we, the church, we should be so stinking excited to be proclaiming good news to the poor, where we should be proclaiming freedom to those who are held in bondage. The church should be changing the, the epidemic of opioids in our city, giving sight to those who are spiritually blind, setting those who are oppressed free, and proclaiming God's favor over the city. So... I just encourage you to be praying with me. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in Biddeford as it is in heaven. I think, I think that's what was in the heart of Jesus when he was saying, pray like this. Pray like this. I don't think he was just saying, just pray on earth as it is in heaven. I was saying like, wherever your foot place, wherever I place you, I think maybe you relate it into your job. I, if you work at uh, Pratt Whitney, uh, I, I pray, your kingdom come, your will be done in Pratt Whitney as it is in heaven. I believe that God is calling us to begin to take responsibility, creative responsibility, to truly be relevant in the city, in the place, in the neighborhood, in the relationships that God has put you in, to be living on mission, to go from just participating in events to being a relevant presence in the city where God has placed us. I see a church that refuses to sit back asleep at the wheel and to put our heads in the sand, waiting for the world to get better and to be a church that in Biddeford that is expanding and more and more people coming. Look, we've got building projects happening across the street over here. We are the youngest city in Maine. Do you realize that? Which, which means that a whole bunch of cities in Maine are getting old. But the reality is, is that Biddeford is the youngest city in Maine and continually expanding. There are amazing things happening in this city. I see a church that is, that is a family on mission that 
that is truly a solution to society's problems, just like we used to be. Because I believe at the heart of God, it is at the heart of God that we would be helping with homelessness and food insecurity, that it's at the heart of God that we would be coming and coming alongside unwed mothers that are, that are looking for abortion alternatives and the addiction crisis that is so prevalent in our city, battle sex trafficking and coming alongside DHS to care for families. And I believe that the church should, should be relevant again. Not just a weird little, I don't know what goes on in that church. It looks like a Home Depot. And I don't know how God's going to do it. So I'm speaking it in vision, but I can see it. How God is going to specifically use us, but I don't know exactly how and what that's going to look like, but it's going to happen individually and corporately. As God begins to put on, on our hearts a vision that the church would be a relevant presence in the place where, where God has us. So if you could stand with me. Wanna, um, we're going to end with just a song today. And um, I want to I give you guys in closing these challenges again, in case you were over-challenged. <laughs> um, I want to just lay them out to you again. Um, the first one is this. I challenge you to begin to think and to respond like a missionary. To come to that realization on the inside of us that, that you are called to live on mission, especially in the place and the culture that you're in. I challenge you to encounter God through his word and join us for the 21 days to just begin to say, you know what? I am going to linger. I'm going to allow the word of God, not just to get through it, not as a task to mark off of a list, not as a thing to just cover ground, but as an opportunity, an invitation to experience the presence of God and learn the will of God through his word. I challenge you to, to take part in that for 21 days to say, all right, I'm gonna do that. Um, I challenge you not to neglect the secret place to linger, to allow the Holy Spirit to be able to speak to you, to listen for his voice, to create space for him to fill, whatever that looks like for you. I challenge you to allow the Holy Spirit to move you with compassion. I challenge you to allow God to be able to, to speak to you, to forgive, to, to move towards, to to minister to, to give things for. Like, whatever that is, I challenge you to allow God, the Spirit of God, to move you with compassion towards things that you know you wouldn't do on your own. And maybe, um, maybe that means allowing God to expand your footprint, both globally and locally. Maybe that means, like, your first step is, I'm going to get my passport. I'm going to get, I'm going to get a, a, a card from Naomi in the back. I don't know what it is that God's doing. I just feel something leaping in me to do that. And I feel like I'm too young or I'm too old or I'm not experienced enough. But I just, I just encourage you to move with God and compassion to respond to the go of the Word of God. Maybe it's locally. Maybe God has put a heart, something in your heart where you're like, I have this passion. I don't know what to do with it. I don't know how to, where it fits but it's a passion for our city, I just encourage you, like, let's talk. 
Let's see what it is in the heart of God. Because it is my job. And let me remind you, church, it's my job to equip you, not to do it for you. It's my job to equip you to do the work of ministry. So some of these things and things that we're going to be talking about over this, this next year is just literally just equipping, just pushing. I'm going to be pushing you out of your comfort zone and into the will of God, the heart of God that he has for you. To, to just blow in and to just breathe fresh life into your passions, into your giftings, into your talents, into the, the heart of God that he has placed on the inside of you. Because I can only do so much, but you, but you could change the city. You could change your workplace. You could change your family. You could change the world. In fact, I wonder if that's what Jesus had in mind. So, Lord Jesus, I thank you. I thank you for each and every single person here. Lord, as we just sit back and like celebrate the amazing generosity, the growth, everything that God, that you're doing in our midst, Lord, we pause and thank you. We return gratitude to you, Lord. Thank you that we get to be a part of such an awesome movement here in Southern Maine. May we begin to hear your voice, to start to move forward in the things that are in your heart. May our hearts break for the things that break yours. May we show you our love by loving those things that you love. May we make a difference. May we expand our footprint both globally and locally and change the world. Lord, I thank you that you call us to do things that are outlandish, above and beyond anything that we could accomplish on our own, but through you, the very Holy Spirit living in us. Lord, I thank you that everywhere we go, there you are. And we bring your spirit into every situation that we walk in. We lift you up. We give you praise. I just want to encourage you over this last song. I just, whatever God is just speaking to you about, I encourage you just to make a commitment to say, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to commit. I'm going to, I'm going to do this over the next 21 days. I'm going to, I'm going to get my passport. I'm going, to, I'm, I'm going to have the conversation. I'm going to move forward in what it is that God has for me. Let's sing together.